Hey, Las Vegas. Would y'all like to help the CityCast crew and enter a raffle to win a $250 Visa gift card? Yes? Awesome. Here's the deal. We're surveying our listeners so we can learn more about you and what you want to hear. Go to citycast.fm forward slash survey. It's only five minutes long. We timed it. That's citycast.fm forward slash survey. Fill it out and enter for a chance to win a $250 Visa gift card. Today on CityCast Las Vegas, we're going to talk about home buying. I know for many, it can seem more like a distant dream than a reality. So we called award-winning realtor Christina Chipman to help us see the bigger picture. Yes, we have a bunch of expensive new homes being built, a water crisis, and a grip of Californians moving here every minute. So we want to know, is it completely hopeless or is there anything locals can do to beat out a cash buyer? It's Wednesday, May 31st. I'm Vogue Robinson, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about. Christina Chipman, welcome to CityCast Las Vegas. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. It is exciting, and I'm uh, excited to introduce myself to you and your followers and share a little bit about the Las Vegas real estate market. Yeah. Well, I know, like, Las Vegas housing isn't following the national trend, is, is the last, like, article I read about, <laughs> about our city. But what's different about buying a home in Vegas versus, like, an out-of-state city? Oh man, there's probably hundreds of things that make Las Vegas different than many other markets or cities across the nation. And that is very typical that Las Vegas does not follow the trends. We kind of are Mm -hmm. a city that beats to our own drum, if you will. Las Vegas market right now, we just went through, you know, what many people remember as a huge upswing in our property values and the movement and, and the market, you know, getting crazy through COVID. Then last year in June, we went through, we actually hit a brick wall and completely came to a stop essentially. And that was by design. The feds raised interest rates purposely to slow down the market and to bring inflation under control. And that did happen. And we're going in the right direction in in the inflation. And, And the feds have continued to slightly increase rates little by little. I have actually noticed in Las Vegas that we are trending back in an upward motion. So where we hit a slowdown last year, I would say from July to December, January as normal, things kind of picked up after the holidays. And I've even seen in the last 30 days or so that the Las Vegas real estate market is kind of forging ahead again. We're getting multiple offers on properties. Houses are selling again within you know a few days on the market. So I see us picking up speed once again after that slowdown. So how do you know when it's the best time to buy a home? Like, is there a right season? Um, No, 
I, I'm sure that if you ask 10 people, you're going to get 10 different answers. My answer to that is no. There's not a right time for anybody to buy a house based on the season. The right time to buy a house is when you are ready to buy a house. You are in a position where, you know, the, the, the market is right. The most important part of buying a home is making sure you're buying a home that you can afford and be able to sustain and maintain for the long term or whatever your goals are. So I wouldn't say that there's a time of year that's better than others especially in the Las Vegas market. I, I don't feel like, you know, there's this old saying supposedly that you get better deals in the winter. I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. I think that you buy a home when you are ready to buy a home, especially if you're renting. If you're in a position where you're renting, you know, you're working on your credit, you're saving up your down payment, you got that stable job that you know you can depend on, and you can step out of renting and into home ownership and be able to start building generational wealth and, and equity in your home. Now is the time if you can. Word. So this is really about you. <laughs> you know what you need you know if you're ready. What would be like one reason you'd tell somebody not to buy a home in Vegas? Because I know some people are kind of freaked out about the water situation, but do you have any reasons where you'd say, you know what, don't buy a home in Vegas? I am personally not concerned with the water situation and I could go over a list of why, all the reasons why I'm not, but that is not a reason I would ever say to anybody. I would say more along the lines of going back to somebody's personal goals. If they're potentially living here now, but their goal is that they're, they might be leaving in the next year and they have no intentions of wanting to own a rental property. They don't want to be a landlord. That's not their goal. It might not be a great time to buy a house now if your plan is that you're moving in a year and you would have to sell it in a year. There potentially might not be enough growth in the value of the home for you to be able to sell and, 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 and be in a positive position instead of a negative. You don't ever want to, you know, buy a home, live there for a year and then have to sell it in a year and potentially not be able to cover your cost. In addition to the cost of the home, you have the cost of the financing. It costs money to get a loan. It costs money to go through title and escrow processes. It costs money to buy a, a home inspection, things like that. And then on the sell side, you're going to sell the home. Well, now you're paying commissions to real estate agents to get the home sold for you. You're buying title and escrow fees. You know, there's going to be costs associated with buying and selling. So even aside, even if the value changes None. If, if the $400,000 house is still worth $400,000 a year from now, you're going to be in the negative because of the cost to buy and sell that house. So those would be the situations where I would say not to. I have had this conversation with many people and they have been more than willing to, you know, consider the option of, well, I'll keep the property. And then like, let's say military, for example, right? They'll buy a house. They might be getting stationed somewhere else. They're not sure how long they'll be here, but they're open to the idea of keeping the property and renting it out after they move and get stationed somewhere else. Now, so again, it's the, every single person is going to have a different situation. And it's important to have those conversations to make sure that, you know, this goal of buying a house makes sense and works for you and your current. I know you said you're not worried about the, the water situation. And of course, there's multiple things happening right now to, to help strategize around it. But have you noticed any hesitation in home buying or even people moving because they're afraid the city is going to go dry? I have. Oh. I hear this concern pretty often, actually. There are a lot of buyers and sellers who, you know, are concerned about the water situation and want to sell their property now before 
the town goes dry or, or are concerned about purchasing properties here because they're worried about the water supply. Here's my thoughts on this. And listen, I'm going to be the first to say I am not the water expert. However, I also use a lot of common sense, right? And let's be honest, this town is a multi-billion dollar industry. This, the city, those casinos would not be continuing to build casinos if they thought that this town was going dry anytime soon, right? Mm. The people who are investing in Vegas, you know, you got corporations, Amazon, Tesla coming to Nevada. I mean, we have mega corporations coming and investing in, the, in our state and wanting to be a part of Nevada, they are not going to let us go dry. There's too much money generated in this economy for them to allow us to go dry. They're going to find solutions. That's This is my personal opinion. Yeah. No, I hear you. Like, okay. Expert, but let's be honest. How many billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars are generated in the Las Vegas market specifically, or in Nevada in general, in the course of a year. And how many people who are a lot smarter than us and have a lot more money at their disposal are going to find ways to make sure we get the water we need so that those casinos can continue to operate so that they can continue to have the cash cow that they have now. I just find it literally impossible that they're going to let us go to a ghost town. Yeah, that's an interesting take, Christina, because I think I think you might be on to something. And on the other side, because we've seen other actual ghost towns, I'm like, we've seen a city be abandoned before. So, yeah. you know, what is the most like if the town if the town is about cash, if cash is king, then cash is king. I think it'll be a very interesting next set of years to see what happens. So I, I'd rather you be right. <laughs> That's for sure. I'd rather you be right. Like I said, I just think those investors are, they're going to find a way and they're, they're, they have the means, they have the availability. They're going to find the way to get the water, wherever it is and bring it here. They're piping it in. I don't know. Again, this is way outside of my right. I mean, shoot. If they, but I bet you they'll figure it out. Listen, if we can go to the moon and walk on it, they'll figure out how to get water to Vegas. <laughs> Speaking of like things that that feel impossible <laughs> or insurmountable, I know a lot of a lot of my friends who are in Gen Z feel like home buying is an impossible thing. They feel like it is unrealistic. Yeah. Do you think that that's true? I do not believe that it's true, but I also totally understand the pains that they're experiencing. I myself have a 21-year-old daughter. I I bought my first home when I was 19 years old, right out of high school, wow. and I got very lucky. And but it was affordable then. You know, a home back then was $120,000, so it wasn't way out of the you know thought process to be able to afford to purchase a house. I totally understand how our current generations are experiencing so much difficulty being able to enter into the home ownership process. Here's my recommendations though. Your first home is likely not going to be your dream home. You know, everybody has a certain idea. I want a three bedroom, two bath, single story. With oh a big my gosh. Christina, stop telling about my life because I <laughs> couldn't stand it. Our realtor was like, this is your first home. This is your starter home. And I was like, I'm not going through this process again. But, it, but you have we, to. It's, it's it what got to. us into the next home. And exactly. it's so hard to think about that. It is exactly, use it as a stepping stone. So my recommendation is 
you go small, you start small, get that one bedroom condo or one bedroom townhouse, maybe not in the specific area you wish to be in, stay there for a year. And then when that year is up, hopefully, or a year or two has gone by, you've gained some equity. For example, people who bought their first home back in 2020, are maybe they paid $275,000 for it in 2020, and now they can turn and sell that house for $375,000 or $400,000. And now you have this equity of about $100,000 or more that you can turn and flip into your next property. And this is where you start to build to get into the home that you really want to get into. So instead of getting caught in a cycle of, if I can't have what I want now, I'm just gonna rent, well, why? Why not just go into something that you can afford and let that equity work for you instead of paying somebody else's mortgage and helping somebody else build generational wealth? And then you can step into the things that you really want. Sometimes in life, we may have to make sacrifices. College is a perfect example, right? People, oh, I want to be a doctor, but I got to invest eight years of my life to go to school. Well, listen, it, this is part of the process. You got to do things to get you where you want to go. And you got to be creative with it sometimes. Right. And you said staying like, you know, a year or two. I think we stayed probably six years in our in our home. Uh, but mm -hmm. I just basically just kept refreshing Zillow <laughs> every three to six months just to be like, what's the Zestimate? Even though I knew that wasn't accurate. Yeah. I just yeah. want I felt like if if Zillow with its partial information was telling me how much our house was worth, then that was going to be nearby what the truth was. But yeah. I know before you were saying, you know, if it's a military family or if somebody's going to move out of town, buying a house and then leaving doesn't make sense. What's the difference in this scenario for somebody getting their first home? And how do you know a home will collect equity? Well, here's the thing. You never know for sure that it's going to collect equity. And again, it depends on what your goal is and your timing. But what we know to be a fact is over time and over history, values will continue to increase. That's never gonna change. You, we might go through fluctuations in the market. We might have a year where the values dip, but we know for a fact based on history and time that values are gonna continue to trend up. So somebody who bought their house in the 70s, like I'll give you an example. My grandparents purchased their first home here. Uh, they moved from Anaheim, California area, moved to Nevada, purchased a home in the 70s and only paid about $70,000 for it. Wouldn't that be nice if we could buy a house for $70,000? That would be lovely. It was a beautiful house on a half acre lot, right? But what we know over time is those values are probably likely never coming back and values have gone up. When, when my grandparents, God bless them, passed um, and I sold the ho their home, you know, that home was worth $500,000 because of course, over the course of the last 50 years, it's gained value. I would say if you bought your house six years ago, you probably are in a pretty good position of where your home values are, are right now, right? And if somebody buys a house today, or I even tell someone, if you bought a house in you know, March of 2022, which was last year, you probably bought at the last tip of the market, the height of the market. And maybe you saw a little bit of a decline in your value from March of 2022 to March in 2023, because nationally values did take a small drop because interest rates went up, which we all know we've already talked about. However, I could pretty confidently, I mean, almost guarantee that by March of 2024, your value is going to be back, not only back, but probably up a, a, a pretty decent amount. So over time, even though there's going to be small fluctuations, it's still going to continue to trend up. Okay. 
Yeah. And you know what? It's so funny. Like when we bought our first home, it was owned by like a this cute Canadian couple, but they were investors. Like they had a nice little portfolio. And I feel like between the big corporations and the real estate investors who come to Vegas with, you know, a suitcase of money, they're willing to pay cash. Yeah. It's like a nightmare. <laughs> so have you ever seen a seller pick an everyday person with a loan over a company or a California buyer who offers that cash up front? Yeah, absolutely. I have worked with lots of sellers. Honestly, that is really one of my sweet spots and something I prefer. Now, obviously, at the end of the day, it is going to be ultimately the seller's decision on who they want to sell their home to. And you're right. The majority of sellers, you know, cash is king. They just want the biggest they just want the biggest amount for their asset, which I don't blame them. I understand. But I am one of those agents that I have long discussions with my sellers about the ability to sell to somebody else who is going, who is a person who's going to buy a house and be able to move into that house and love that house. And, and again, start to create wealth for themselves and their family. And I'm a big believer and a pusher in, in the the opportunities that home ownership provide that, you know, no other opportunity offers, right? I mean, I've seen people be able to fund their education for themselves or their kids through the equity of their home. You know, like for me, one of my big things, I'm I'm purchasing properties, investment properties as we speak. It's one of my goals. I have three daughters. It is my goal to make sure I have a property for each of my children in addition to my properties that I want to use to fund my retirement. I'm self-employed, so I don't get the pension and things that other people get. But if I purchase properties to fund my retirement, I also have a a game plan and a goal to have a property for each of my children because I want to be able to give them something. So like you said, these these 20-year-olds who are entering into life and the workforce and it's just almost unattainable to, to purchase a home because of the affordability factors, right? They're so expensive and interest rates are high. This is my gift to help them step into that. And I talk to my sellers about it all the time. So when we're reviewing offers, it's one of the first things we do is... Is this going to a mega corporation on Wall Street who's buying up all the properties in Vegas to rent them out? Or is this going to, you know, somebody who's going to love this home? And and you'd be surprised how many sellers really it touches them, especially when it's been their personal family home. They want to see it go to another family. Yeah. Now, what are some of the programs that exist to make home buying possible for somebody who has a smaller income? So uh, there are down payment assistance programs who are going to help people get into homeownership, but that really isn't so much going to supplement their income or their affordability. They still have to be able to buy a house that they can afford the payment on every month. But uh, the down payment assistance programs or grants that are available through the state of Nevada assist with people who are having a hard time saving up money. So let's say, for example, you know, I am working, I have a stable job, I have, I have, it's not a high income, but I have a a decent income. I'm making a, a living for myself and my family. I'm barely able to pay my rent, pay my utilities, pay my car payment, you know, put groceries on the table and things. And it makes it hard to save up, you know, $10,000 or $20,000 to put down. That's where these down payment grants are, are really great opportunities to help assist people who just need help with that big, that chunk sum of money that they're saving up for the down payment. But they can afford the monthly payment. It's just hard to be able to save. You know, a lot of people can afford the $2,000 a month rent and they can afford a $2,000 a month mortgage payment, but being able to save $15,000 down is where it becomes very difficult. So those are great programs and they are available. It seems like a lot of people are moving here. We see all the housing developments popping up. 
What's the biggest appeal of buying a home in Las Vegas? Affordability factor for the majority of people who are coming to Las Vegas is the biggest appeal, right? A lot of our buyers, a huge percentage of our buyers are coming from the California market. And the reality is not only are homes in California typically more expensive, especially in, you know, those high desired areas like San Diego or Newport or San Francisco. I mean, obviously, you know, our property taxes are a fraction of what property taxes are in the state of California. But there's a hundred different reasons why living in Vegas is desirable by many people because of just the cost of living. You can have a much better quality of life it, you know, you have the same amount of income. And this is this was a huge reason why so many people moved here in 2020 when right. so many corporations went remote uh, during COVID and everybody was working from home there. They had this opportunity that they never had before to live wherever they wanted to. And then they're thinking, OK, well, this is how much money I make whatever it is, I make $80,000 a year, but now all of a sudden, instead of renting in California, renting a house for $3,200 a month, because that's how much rent is here, I can move to Vegas and buy a house and my payment might be $2,200 a month. And now I have an extra $1,000 a month at my disposal. And what kind of quality, how could that change your quality of life? Maybe the opportunity to be able to take more vacations with your family or things like that. It's just, it, it really gives, you know, to be able to leverage that same income into, you know, instead of just working our life away, but actually being able to enjoy it. Facts. Well, Christina Chipman, thank you so much for making time to be on CityCast Las Vegas. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure speaking with you and your listeners. And if you have any questions about the Las Vegas real estate market, I would love to hear from you. Remember that survey I mentioned earlier? Don't forget to fill it out at citycast.fm forward slash survey for a chance to win a $250 Visa gift card. Now for some news. What's going on, David? Well, Vogue, the Catholic Church has upgraded Las Vegas from a diocese to an archdiocese, the first new one since Houston was added in 2004. Previously under the auspice of San Francisco, Las Vegas and its 650,000 Catholics, along with those of Reno and Salt Lake City, will now fall under Archbishop George Leo Thomas right here at home. And on Monday, the Oakland A's future stadium was the subject of a marathon legislative hearing. An economist hired to be a proxy for the A's presented claims of big upsides like jobs, increased tourism, and more money flowing into the community. Afterwards, members of the public were briefly allowed to speak. Union folks generally supported it, and others in opposition said that $380 million in public financing? Well, it could be better spent elsewhere. And in our Friday news roundup last week... We talked about a neighborhood in Henderson that's naming all of its streets after Pokemon. One of our listeners called in with these gems. I know of places that are named for Star Wars names. I know places that are named for Greek names in the Iliad. And I know one pocket that's named after 80s trendy clothing brands. So that's just the ones off the top of my head. And I drive around the city a lot. Uh, so... Yeah, they're out there if you look for them. Have fun, guys. Love the podcast. Hey, friend of the pod. Thanks so much. That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. What are some questions you have about home buying? 
Give us a call or text at 702-514-0719 and let us know. If you enjoyed the show, go ahead and tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Take care. I usually tell people sometimes we can, just as humans, get a little narrow in what we think we want. And I usually tell my buyers, you know, open up your your ideas and open up your mind to the possibilities. You know, you might think that you really want to be in this specific neighborhood, but you might not realize that 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 something a lot better um, could fit perfectly for you that you don't even know of or you're not even aware of. Las Vegas is a huge city. Girl. We are growing by the day, by leaps and bounds. And there's a lot of communities that you might not really even realize are there.